This episode is brought to you by Thinknear. Their location score platform delivers the most accurate location targeting available on mobile. Visit them at locationscore.com. And by Pollen. Access your app store revenues faster and fund user acquisition straight away. To sign up, go to pollen.vc. Welcome to Untether.tv. I'm your host and founder, Rob Woodbridge. Today is one of those shows you should sit down, grab a cup of coffee, relax, and enjoy because you are going to learn a ton. We are talking about beacons and not just beacons, man, not just the technology behind beacons, the implication of this industry as a result of beacons. Like it may not, they may not exist in five years, they may not exist in 10 years, but the path that we are upon today, it will never ever be the same as it was yesterday as a result of these little pieces of technology and the management software that goes around it. And today, I mean, if you're gonna bring in a company to talk about beacons, you might as well talk about bringing the company, the company to talk about it. And that is Gimbal. Today I've got Kevin Hunter, who's the chief operating officer for Gimbal. You're in San Francisco, aren't you? Somewhere down in the yeah, warm California? San Diego, for sure. San Diego, even better, man. I should ask. Usually, this is where somebody asks us about the weather, and we say it's 72 and perfect, right? And uh, that was changes. So it's, uh, and it is like that today. It's beautiful. It, it is, right. Well, yeah. you, you know, I, I have to tell you this because I, I always talk about the weather because I'm Canadian, of course, right? And I always ask about that. But uh, here, here is a weather swing for you today. I woke up this morning, and it was snowing. And we were doing this in April. I woke up this morning and it was snowing. Uh, Mid-morning, it started to freeze rain. And now it is 15 degrees Celsius outside. That is spring in my city. So 72 and sunny, I take any day. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's very close to what I saw this morning as well. <laughs> All the ocean, some nice waves, white you know, good sunrise. It's fantastic. White sand, that's exactly yeah, what absolutely. it is. Uh, Kevin, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing what you guys are up to at Gimbal. I'm very excited about this episode, as you can tell. Uh, my palms are sweating. So this is this has got to be good, man. This yeah. has got to be good, okay? Yeah, no, absolutely. No, we appreciate you having us on your show. Uh, we've been following for a while. It's great. You're talking about some fantastic things. So in, it's great to actually talk about what's going on in this space because beacons are, are very relevant to what's going on with regards to the marketplace and so many different verticals right now. And it's fantastic to be what we've, you know, one of the leaders in this industry right now and driving what we believe is a lot of value across many different verticals. So it's a, it's, it's a fantastic opportunity right now, man. It's just awesome. Well, you know, it's it's so funny because you guys are a young company, a relatively young company, and, and we can get into the story and we will in a second. But I, I mean, the client, your your client list is crazy. Like I've heard amazing stories about, the, you know, your implementation uh, with Urban Airship at, uh, at the US Open. I mean, we're talking about every single Apple store in the United States. We're talking about Super Bowl. Man, like uh, I, this is this is a great story uh, because you've been able to occupy the mind and the imagination of some of the greatest brands on the planet to use what you're doing. So why, why don't you explain to people what it is that you do, and then we can get that past and we can dive into deep conversation. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, you, you pointed out some of the, the highlights we have, but we have many, many more as well. I mean, you're talking about some sports, you're talking about some retail, you're talking about transportation, lifestyle. I mean, we are in so many different verticals. Um, and it's just been fantastic. You know, we've, we've looked at this as really trying to bridge the physical and visual world, really taking that value proposition through mobile and really bringing that to a, a large audience base, large ecosystem, because there's just, there's so much that can be done with this. As a consumer, I want to see how I can get more information about the places I go, the places I'm at, that's relevant. I don't want to be 
bombarded with a whole bunch of spam. I want things that are relevant to me as I go through that. And the way to do that is to derive context out of that environment. And that's what we do. We, we basically use location and proximity through mobile to basically provide uh, an engagement platform that gives information to audiences when they're there. And we looked across an ecosystem. We saw a great opportunity to enable just not one vertical, just not retail, but we saw retail and we saw lifestyles such as museums and transportation. Uh, we saw, you know, out of home. We saw a whole bunch of other areas that could use this, 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 this value proposition. And so we decided that we're going to build an ecosystem around this and built on top of that. And I think that's one of the reasons you see us in so many places with so many key customers uh, because we're taking an approach that we're going to basically be the best physical digital bridge. I, I, I love it because, I, I mean, not only do you have all those, as you the brands that I mentioned, but you, you Major League Baseball and the NBA and, and obviously the NFL and then into retail. And, and what, what differentiates you? What sets you guys apart from, from, from you know, beacon vendors? Because I always get this question when people ask me, say, well, who should we talk to for to buy beacons from? Should we talk to Kimball? I'm mean, like, no, you don't just buy the beacons. You invest, as you said, in an entire ecosystem. You That's buy right. the beacons from everybody. So why, why would they go with Gimbal? I mean, you pointed out that Urban Airship, for example, yeah. Urban Airship's a you know a great partner where we said, hey, there's an opportunity here. You have that really a best-in-class uh, mobile engagement solution, um, and we're a best-in-class digital physical bridge. When you combine those together, you give a lot of opportunity. That US Open was a fantastic example of that, and so by enabling partners to be able to take advantage of this, they can bring that to their customers, and it just gives us a, a phenomenal opportunity and reach for the marketplace. Um, in, in retail, you pointed out Apple a second ago that you know, Apple really helped move this market forward with iBeacon, bringing that specification to market, allowing the ecosystem to grow, putting it inside the device, right, from the 4S and above, really making sure that they seeded it. It's a fantastic story about how you build an ecosystem. And it was great to be um, included in the Apple retail store rollout, you know, leveraging the gimbal beacons. And you're right, it's just not about gimbal beacons or beacons in the marketplace. It's really about a, a comprehensive story. I mean, I can go into a retailer and a retailer is like, hey, what's the shiny beacon, right? Tell me all about it. And when you get there, you, you say, you start with that conversation. Um, but what they're really wanting to know is, how do I understand my audience better? How do I understand my audience better through mobile? And that conversation starts way before you get to the store. And so if you look at what we have in a platform, yes, we build great beacons, um, but uh, you know, a lot of our Qualcomm heritage and goes into that, that manufacturing. Um, but we have way more to offer than just one simple component of hardware. We offer a solution, a management platform that combines beacons, the micro component, the macro component, and the ability to understand your audience when you're away as well. So when you combine that together, it really is a digital footprint, digital path in that physical world that starts way before you get to the location. And so our proposition is you need to understand all that because if you only understand one component, then you're actually missing a whole part of the conversation. Well, we're speaking, this is like a religion, right? Because we're speaking the same language. It's it's soaking in. I'm about to give you a big hallelujah because I think that, you know, we talk, I, I on many shows, we talk about this thing called the, you know, the mobile cookie or the digital cookie or something that takes you, the physical cookie that takes you, that understands your preferences, where you've been, what you've done. Um, and then, you know, accumulates that and then, you know, gives you something at the right time as a result of all that information at the right place in front of the right sign or the right, inside the right store. And I think that that's where you guys are heading towards. That's, that, that's, that's the secret sauce that Gimbal is. Yeah, it's really understanding the audience from beginning to end and into beginning. Because this is a two-way, it's a conversation that is just not one direction. It's both directions, right? You have to understand as they're coming back out as well. And when you wrap that all up into a proposition, it's an engagement to the conversation that's actually meaningful to that audience, to that person as they're going through. 
So tell me what you did. So, tell me what you did with with Apple though, because it's very interesting. Because you, you know, obviously they've invested uh, quite an effort into into beacons. But uh, I mean, where did you guys play with with uh, with Apple, and how did that come about? Um, so you know, as as you mentioned, we're rolled out inside the Apple retail stores across here in the U.S. Uh, so that was was great. You know, we are um, basically one of the first iBeacon uh, licensees, and to be able to roll out nationwide with them. Now, specifically, Apple had a, many different use cases. So probably the best thing to do is have Apple explain all those wonderful things they want to do with it. Yeah. But we knew that you know we could provide that that awesome opportunity to leverage iBeacon and provide that bridge um, inside their store. So it was great for them to recognize that and then basically deploy us out across there. And you know, as we talk to other retailers that are out there as well, um, they recognize that it's 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 a conversation. It's it's the the leverage uh, a gimbal beacon leverages a, a great conversational tool um, that is very relevant and very clean on that information that's being given to make the decision. So it's uh, it's great to see how it transcends from one retailer to many and then goes across uh, the nation um, for, for rollouts. You know, I love I love it because, uh, you know, most people aspire to Apple Store, right? When I talk to entrepreneurs, when I talk to businesses, they're like, you know, maybe one day this product can fit on the Apple shelf. Right, right next to this case and above this dongle and around. That's what that's my goal is. And they work their way up, right? They build many products and they finally, maybe if they're lucky, get into the Apple Store. And you guys went, no, we'll, we'll hit the Apple Store first, right? And then, and then, what a sales tool that is to say, oh, oh what, what's our, what, what are our credentials? Oh, oh, yeah, have you been into an Apple Store? Yeah, yeah. Enough said, right? But still, you you got great brands on here, and I and I want to get into that and talk about what the industry is like and, and what your perception of the industry is because you guys are obviously on that not just uh, I I think of what you guys are on as like the tip of the foam of the of the curve of the you know the break of the wave and that's where you guys are and I want to I want to make sure that people get something out of this where they understand this is very important but I also want to understand where you come from how did you how did you get involved in this company because I'm going to assume that this isn't a place where you said hey, you know what five years down the road I'm gonna I'm gonna be the chief operating officer of a company that builds beacons like how did you get there well it's it's I've been in mobile ever since the first data services I mean going all the way back to my my sprint days when I was there and I was uh, you know brought in to work on the HTML and WML websites if we go all the way back to 2g so yep. I mean, the very first data services the really first touch of the consumer through mobile and seeing it from the, the infancy stage and being really what I call pioneer um, and then driving when I was at Sprint, it was some very innovative and creative things and driving, you know, Sprint TV, which was an Emmy award winning product, right? And driving a whole bunch of other features there. And then just taking that, making a jump over to Qualcomm, because Qualcomm's doing so many innovative stuff from my career perspective, and then really taking that into the next level. And then at Qualcomm, I mean, it's just phenomenal talent that, that was there. And we were just seeing some great opportunities about mobile. I mean, Qualcomm is really all about mobile and trying to make sure that we drive as much, you know, they drive as much value out of mobile. And we were there, I was working on a lot of brew stuff, and then uh, there was some projects going on in this incubation um, team. And it was Qualcomm Labs, and they were doing some phenomenal stuff around location and, and, and starting with proximity. And uh, so I got you know, asked if I'd like to join the team over there and seeing this team come together and build out and take advantage of this uh, uh, digital sixth sense that they were, they were working on there and derive context out of mobile was just a fantastic opportunity. And one of the reasons why we're doing so well is our heritage at Qualcomm. You know, we incubated this product inside Qualcomm Labs, um, combining together um, a couple different features and different projects there that were around geofencing and proximity. Because as we just talked about, it's about that journey. And it starts way before the macro plus the micro. And when you put that together, man, it's, it's an awesome, it's an awesome uh, conversational uh, component for, uh, for mobile. And we combined this together. We're doing great. We're getting some great... Um, 
initial customers in the incubator when we were working with Dentsu and Recruit and Blog Watcher in Japan back in 2012. In fact, that's one of the first companies we or companies we went to business or to market with in Japan, and it was fantastic. They saw an incredible um, uptick in in conversion rate when they were using geofencing. They saw geofencing, you know, Tokyo. A lot of a lot of restaurants, a lot of places in Tokyo is big, right? What they saw is that if they could target the message based on location, they could actually see a higher conversion rate. And what they saw is that they brought those geofences down. They saw a three x increase when they got down to about 100 meters, increasing conversion rate with the same messages because they're more relevant. Um, phenomenal. That's back in 2012. Added the proximity component into it, and next thing you know is you have the macro plus the micro in that conversation, and it's uh, it's great. So our heritage has helped us build a great product that understands mobile like anything else, and we built it to scale for the future as well. Um, basically, that future is, yes, there's geofencing, there's GPS, Wi-Fi, cell ID, and then there's beacons today. But we made sure, knowing that thing, other things were coming in the future, that we're building a platform to scale. Platform to scale with the new context triggers from the physical world. And that could be LTE direct in the future, um, could be visual light communication. Yeah, you're right. right? Yeah. And so what you're going to do is you're going to stack these, these contextual triggers, these physical triggers, and then combine those together because they're all they're all part of the value proposition. And so we made sure we created a platform that scaled across there. And then we were calling on a lot of retail brands. And then uh, there was a Qualcomm Retail Solutions division that said, hey, this is a perfect fit to make sure that we can actually have those conversations with the brands and basically allows mobile to be a bridge for them. And then next thing you know, we spin out as our own independent company back in uh, May of last year. So we're about 10 months old right now um, <laughs> as a company, but we've actually been a product that's been developed inside Qualcomm you know, since about 2010. So there's a lot of iterations to make sure that we're providing the best out there, and that's what the market sees. You know, so how different, you know, from those early uh, rollouts in, in 2012, how different is it? Because beacons, beacons weren't beacons back then. So you were doing geofence stuff back then. Um, it, it, you weren't thinking about physical product, or, or were you back in 2012? Oh, absolutely. We're definitely thinking about it because geofences only got you down to a certain level. Right. So you have to find that next bridge and you have to find that next bridge inside. And, uh, and if you think about just Tokyo, for example, I mean, it is stacked with regards to, you know, where businesses are related, where, where communities are, are driven. They're, they're stacked up and up and down basically in buildings. And so to be able to get that extra uh, granularity of information, you have to think about how do you actually put somebody inside there. And so we were working on this stuff very early on, and uh, it's great to take it through an incubator, commercialize it, and then basically build a company around it. It's been great. Why spin it out? Like uh, you know, because you've you've got you've got a named a known entity, right? right? Why why spin it out into its own its own company where you have to then start to build up a brand new brand and go after customers that way? I, th I, th I think what you saw was an opportunity for Gimbal to basically carve out and get um, a, a different operating structure. If you think of Qualcomm, they're very geared towards licensing and semiconductors and chipsets. It's fantastic. They do a great job. Um, we're a little bit adjacent business, and uh, we could actually benefit from an operating structure. Now, Qualcomm still believed in, in the company, and the product, and the people. Um, and so they were still an investor in our, our Series A round on the way out um, because they saw the value of it. They saw the value for, for Qualcomm, for mobile in general, and the, and the ecosystem that could grow on top of it. So it gave us a lot of freedom um, to basically make some decisions um, that could give us the opportunity to grow the business at the rate we have been. I love it. I love it. Get out the door, but here's a stack of cash. Right? That's the best <laughs> thing you could ever do. I wish my parents did that to me. Here you go. Go. Yeah. Here's some money. Uh, what did you guys do for the Super Bowl? Like you guys were heavily involved in the last two Super Bowls. So uh, was this this was stadium stuff that you guys did? Obviously, 
Yeah, yeah, we, we definitely did some stuff uh, on proximity. I mean, it goes back. In fact, we were, we've been participating in really the last three Super Bowls. Um, back all the way back when uh, we were partnering with um, um, Paramount on the Star Trek uh, Into the Darkness yeah. trip. Yeah. They were leveraging Gimbal back then. To basically leverage the contextual triggers of the world, leveraging sound and geofencing and gamifying that. Um, so we we look back in our in our history, we've actually been in three different Super Bowls. Three Super Bowls. Reached that trailer, so it's fantastic. Over the last two years, though, they really saw the value of understanding their fans when they're, for example, in New York, when uh, basically on Super Bowl Boulevard and at the stadium, and leveraging just not macro, but the micro side as well, because a fence inside the five boroughs pretty interesting, understand your fans that are there, understand your fans are around the, the boulevard or around the stadium, and then have the opportunity to communicate with them when they're there, um, and then be able to know when they're by that Vince Lombardi trophy. Everyone's passing by that, right? Is there an opportunity to you know potentially engage with their fans that are going past? That's a, that's a, a memorable moment you're never going to forget when you see it. And so they continued that to this year as well in Phoenix, and they continue to basically you know, advance those use cases on fan engagement and basically allow for additional um, uh, value for the fans that were going to go there, and then allow sponsorships as well to have a, a new bridge of communication with them. So it's fantastic to see the growth, the evolution, and the Super Bowl is one of those. As, additionally, as you pointed out earlier, Major League Baseball, you know, they are one of our first um, customers as well, where they saw the value um, very early on of how to basically roll this out across you know, many of their ballparks and leverage their existing applications um, to basically give fans uh, additional value when they're in the stadiums. I, I mean, I'm a big fan of that. When, when you guys announced what you were doing with the Mets, you know, I mean, these, these are the things that I, I'm a baseball fan. I'm not a football fan, but I mean, I'm a baseball fan. So th this is very important. But I think it comes down for me is, the, you know, the big question is this, is this about in, engagement uh, or is it about data collection? Because we hear both sides, right? So people say, listen, we're putting beacons into stores. Uh, Regent Street did that with, you know, they put beacons into stores and they say, okay, well, it's about collecting data and then it becomes about engagement. But from your perspective, what you guys are doing, it, it's got to be both, right? Data collection, uh, data collection, synthesis, and then something happens that triggers something that, that makes people happy. Yeah, it's, it's what we've seen in regards to the verticals, they really want to understand first, right? It's a crawl, walk, run strategy. Um, and they really want to understand how to actually best engage. They just don't want to jump right in and say, hey, here's a message, and it's a message that's, you know, can be perceived as spam or non-relevant, and because they have a brand to protect. They want to make sure that the engagement is the right engagement, um, regardless if it's a coupon or an advertisement or a service, they want to make sure that it's the, the right engagement. So they're learning, which is fantastic, because that's actually going to benefit you and I as consumers through that learning is understanding how they communicate with us, when we want to be communicated with, how often we want to be communicated with. So I think it's fantastic that they're taking the right steps to understand before they communicate because that's frankly part of the conversation. What should I communicate and when and how often? I agree. I totally agree because that's always the worry that I'm going to be walking down a street and get hammered or walking by a vendor and get hammered right. every time I walk by that vendor getting spam and then you know, we're very sensitive to these things and notifications go off and then this whole thing is lost, right? So, uh, so it's a walk, it's a crawl, walk, run. So it's a listen and learn and then implement, right? For you yeah. guys. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I couldn't, I mean, that is a good sound strategy, man. It, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it any other way. That's for sure. Um, you, you know, how long do you listen? Like, is there a, an average amount of time? Like, I, I know that there are there are destinations, like a ballpark, which changes the context of how you guys operate inside that ballpark. But you know, for other guys, is is there is there a set time that they should be listening? 
I, I, I think it just depends. I think it depends on the vertical. It depends on the customer. It depends on, you know, how they're basically, they're set up internally as well. I mean, how do they actually interpret their understanding of their audience as they kind of move through the, the environment? What plans do they have, right? Um, a lot of this is, is they come in with thoughts and some of the learnings may change some of those thoughts on how they communicate. Others are pretty, pretty sophisticated and understand that if I can just get a little bit of information, I can actually do a pretty um, great strategy right now. And it's, it's well well planned out. So the answer is it depends. But what we've seen is that over the past year, um, where we were doing just a lot of education last year, right? And it was turning into pilots and trials, which is fantastic. We were seeing actually commercial success um, towards the middle of last year as well. But it, what we've seen is, is basically there's less education now. They're actually more sophisticated because they've been watching the market. They understand it's, it's not a fad, and especially when you combine it together with the other components that I've discussed earlier around truly that conversation from beginning to end, um, that they're coming with well thought out plans and strategies on how they want to do that, which is just an example of how the market has matured in less than a year. Because you think about it, the iBeacon specification um, that really moved this ecosystem forward did not start until what, January or February last year? So we're like relatively a year new into this market and for the market to accelerate like it has and the decisions that we're seeing of big retailers and brands and venues and lifestyle companies, um, understanding the value that can be done, it's amazing within one year of what their, their, their plans being so solidified. It, it, it is amazing because I've seen panels at conferences recently that are now talking about beyond the beacon. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Like just because HBC and Lord and Taylor, some of the baseball stadiums, you know, are using it doesn't mean that we're beyond it, you know. But I think that, you know, what I get from, from those conversations is that, listen, not no no consumer is going to ask to be beaconed. No consumer or no retailer really wants beacons. They want engagement with their customers, right? And, and so, you know, this is an, a beacon is an umbrella word for engagement to me. Does that make sense? Oh, it totally makes sense. I, I couldn't agree more. It's If you're trying to educate a consumer about what a beacon is wrong, wrong conversation yeah. it's, it's really about it it has to be the serendipitous thing it has to be just natural that i'm there right um in, in transportation maybe it's serendipitous as i walk by a digital display that basically has my routes that i take every day and it can show hey my train's down that to me would be valuable uh, because i'm just there and then inside retail it should be something that's relevant maybe something that i'm interested in something you understand um, but it has to be it has to be natural, and if it's not natural, um, then then you miss the mark. And if you're trying to educate back towards the technology, that's always a mistake, especially for consumers. Um, it just has to be one of those components that is just part of the experience. And, and so, what what do you think is the state right now uh, of beacons and, and awareness and acceptance and use? Like when you are sitting down with customers a year ago, you're educating, as you said. Now maybe maybe there's a stronger pull from the customer base to you guys, you know, uh, which is great for lead gen. I love to hear that. Um, but are, are do people understand what what the implication of what it is that you're talking about? What, what the implications are of that? Um. In a positive way. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, the yeah, impact absolutely. on their business could be quite substantial. Absolutely. I think, especially the companies, they understand that they're, they're actually understanding how to use it now. I mean, they're, they're actually understanding how important it is to the conversation and what that conversation should be. Um, and then that it's, it's unique between you and I. We're different people, right? And we're going to have a different conversation, different interests as we go in. Yep. So they're really taking that to heart on how to do that. And when, when, you, when you look at it from that perspective, um, it's... It's more of just a, a natural component of the overall, if it's shopping or if it's because I'm in this venue. And if I get value out of it, right, and it's true value that I want, um, then it's it's just natural. I mean, if we've seen some great things. Let's just take, for example, some things that the Phoenix Suns 
have been doing inside their venue lately with, you know, cause they're also leveraging gimbal inside of, uh, of their, their stadium there. And what they've been doing is they've basically been, when you have the application, when you show up, um, they're giving VIP tours of the locker room. Like, it like checks you in because that's what you want and you're getting like VIP tours, you're getting upgraded seats. I mean, for me to want to go there now, I'm like, absolutely, I could get, I can get an enhanced experience. I think that's what they want to do is make sure when you show up is that there's value you're getting out of this, right? I'm getting, I'm getting to see the locker room, I'm getting potential courtside seats, I'm getting a club view. I mean, those are awesome opportunities. Uh, that a normal fan doesn't get. You know, it's funny because you say these things and 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 what you're not saying is I'm being pushed deals or discounts or, uh, you know, merch or all those things that we thought that this world would lead to. Right. Which was which was about uh, which was about deepening the pockets uh, of the place that this beacon is in. And what you're talking about is is, is enhancing the experience because I mean, I, I don't know how you think about this, but I believe that, look, if I'm a customer and I'm in your location and I'm a paying customer or I'm, I paid to be there, uh, you know, service me. Don't try to go out and sell me new stuff because you want me to come back because you know that the, my lifetime value is far greater than, than me just coming in for one game. So give me a great experience. Then I'll be more apt to then second and third visit buy a $200 jersey, right? Yeah, it's, it's always about the great experience first, yeah. right? Yeah. And if I'm happy and I'm, I'm loving it and I'm excited about my favorite player or my favorite team, then, then natural things will happen down the path. It's really about that loyalty, about that component. Um, you're right. I, I, I don't like to talk about, hey, I got offered, I got 20% off, whatever. I mean, that's I'm terrible. A, I'm a consumer. I don't want to enable technology that makes that happen. I want to make sure that technology that gives you know the right value for the right experience for the right person. And that's, that's what our company has kind of been built around is make sure that happens. And it's great to see that the brands, the retailers, the venues, and the other companies are starting to realize that. It's, don't give me 20% off. How can you make it a better experience for me, regardless where I'm at? Yeah, so that I want to come back wholeheartedly, pay full price for the product because of the experience, right? Now, do you, do you find, I, maybe I don't know how to ask this question, but it's 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 around how companies are, are leveraging the Beacon infrastructure to change the way they market, right? Because... You know, we see this everywhere where, you know, we went from big banner ads on uh, on the web into smaller banner ads on mobile. And now we're talking about, you know, people trying to put banner ads on watches, right? Which the medium doesn't fit, right? So where we went from advertising to, you know, broad advertising in newspapers and magazines and television and radio down to segmented advertising uh, on the web and now, you know, location-based marketing on, on mobile devices. But each one of those steps requires a different mindset about how they're going to reach to the customer are, are the the brands that you're talking to getting that right now where it's not just about shrinking whatever they're doing and putting it in in this do brands understand the impact of the beacon economy i don't know i don't think so maybe kevin has a different answer you're gonna to have to wait until after you hear our message from our sponsor think near to get his answer Untether.tv is brought to you by Thinknear. Here's a reminder of what they do from VP of product, Lucas Dickey. I was described as being, you know, location-based advertising. So hitting the right user um, at the right place with the right message. So that's easy enough to understand. The real question is, what does their family think they do all day? I, I'm not sure I've ever successfully explained anything about what I do. My family's pretty in touch. So I think they understand the mobile um, aspect of Thinknear. They, they don't know how it happens. On my parents' side, they've described for the last decade that I work in IT. So most people tend to think I'm doing, um, you know, driver replacements or fixing printers. 
But I think they generally think that I walk around talking all day, nonstop, <laughs> designing things, tweeting nonstop, writing a lot. And that would generally be true. <laughs> so, so they're pretty much on. My mom does not yet have a smartphone and she refuses to let me get her one. So given that we're a mobile advertising company and my mom refuses to get a smartphone, I don't know, it's like, the fact that there are games on a phone is just mind-boggling to her because she still thinks Nintendo was a very novel and futuristic gaming device. But in my parents' head, I do IT. And I'm okay with that. They don't need to know anything beyond that other than that I will be looking out for their future and I'm one of the sons that they'll be able to, to, to rely on when they get old. <laughs> Help Lucas support his parents by going to thinknear.com. And now, back to Kevin Hunter, COO of Gimbal. Are the, the brands that you're talking to getting that right now, where it's not just about shrinking whatever they're doing and putting it in, in this? Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's it's been it's been pretty awesome. Uh, it's actually awesome to watch like the ad agencies as well. They're getting yeah. they're under actually understanding how to take this. It really is a new medium, media yes. type, right? I mean, yes, they understand that their dollars are transferring into mobile for how they actually want to communicate, and they're understanding that the same content doesn't necessarily fit the same screen sizes, which is great. Hallelujah! Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> but what they've also seen is that leveraging location and proximity, for example, on the beacon components, is that there is new opportunities, right, for those those conversations, those new media types, and how they actually need to engage. You know, we've been engaging with the agencies for quite some time, um, but over the past, like even the last three to six months, we've seen that where it turned into they want to just take some leftover spend. Now they're saying, hey, this needs to be part of my plan. That's great. It's, it's great because that actually means that as consumers, we're going to get the right engagement and the right content versus I have some leftover content, I'm going to try to squeeze it down into the screens versus I actually know the right way to engage with that. And one of the things we, we did as well, especially on, on our technology, yes, we have a great beacon, but we have some other great stuff that we put on top there. We have a digital ownership model as well. Um, and let me explain what explain that kind that, of yeah, is. Please. Um, because you can, you can physically buy a beacon. You can buy a beacon today and put it in my, in my venue or retailer location um, or you know anywhere. Um, but I don't necessarily digitally own it without some other service level um, content on top of that. And what we have is we have a digital ownership model. So basically when we were at Qualcomm, we saw that it was important to understand the context of the environment. We also saw that it was important to understand, make that secure. And so if I'm going to deploy out a beacon, I just don't want to physically own that and place it inside the front gate of a stadium. I want to make sure that my customers are protected on that digital ownership, which does a couple things. First of all, make sure I control the experience. So only my app or the apps I allow it to can actually have access to that, that digital beacon. So we have some security models that we built on top. And that allows for basically controlled access. But it really does is opens up some new business models as well. Because as, as real estate people, they sell access to their locations and we buy the stands in other areas. But now they can actually potentially sell access for other services on top of that as well. So when you control the stack from top to bottom, they have an opportunity just not to place a beacon in for um, my own application. But my, app, my audience is actually made up of these different applications that come to my venue or my retailer. And now they can partner. So they can actually broaden out the ecosystem and have a greater opportunity to engage with their audience as they come to their places. God, I love that. 
You know, we, we talk often on this show and many other shows and in the industry about leveraging audience. And that's exactly what it is. So, you know, we have up here the Montreal Canadiens. I'm, I'm in Ottawa. We have the Ottawa Senators. But Montreal has uh, the uh, their stadium, the Bell Centre, is is fairly well equipped with geofencing. They don't, I don't know if they use beacons or not. But, um, but they only are in their own app. And they only have, you know, total downloads of maybe 300,000 uh, people that have downloaded that application. And maybe at any given point, two or 3,000 of those people are in the stadium so that they have a limited engagement of audience that they can do. But if they just took that technology and put it into somebody else's app, as you said, that that opens up the opportunity for people who have other fan Montreal Canadian apps and other things to be able to come in there and start to engage with the beacons, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's it. Yeah, you're, you're big audience. Presented across many different, different, different applications, right? For the same audience. Yeah. How do you park? across and that's what we wanted to build an ecosystem where you actually have places and people come together right and they can identify audiences so they can actually engage with the right right folks at the right time it's not only just about being in the stadium or a fan it's about uh, opening it up to other opportunities like other fan-based opportunities in sports we're talking about here so that you are literally where the fan is you don't force them to be into a certain app or a certain environment yeah, because you know only so many fans are going to have your app, but I may have many other sports apps as well. We know which ones are out there that will have very large audiences and be able to, yeah, engage with them, partner with them. Right? It's an opportunity for partnerships to be able to basically leverage the audience as it comes in because they're there. As you said, it may be a small percentage that actually shows up on game day with your app, but if you leverage basically the rest of the audience that's there that has that large sports application, it's a fantastic opportunity to reach. Why are people doing that? Like you think about, you, you just think about the uptick that you'd get in data and, and awareness. And even if even if you're just uh, passively collecting a little bit about how many people walk through the gate or walk past this, this one, you know, hot dog stand up in the corner, you know, the data that you collect, yeah, I mean, you have to use it, but but why not? Because the minimum thing that you're going to get out of this is more good data to make better decisions about what it is that your business does. Yeah, it's about being informed, yeah. right? And the, the more informed you are, the, the better the, the engagement's going to happen. And it really allows for that, that, that engagement to be relevant to you and I, the value exchange associated with that. Um, as long as, you know, the more, the more value that I can get out of it, the more I'm willing to give. And that's really what it comes down to. It's an enhanced location-based uh, strategy, right? And it just happens across a couple of different technologies. And beacons are one of those technologies, and they're all part of the engagement. And the, the, I think we all look at this as beacons as something that's unique and different. And they are. They actually are helping the equation. But when you roll it up together, it really is about that comprehensive story that you tell from a location-based, either macro or micro or plus together, on how that engagement happens. Yeah, and I think that when when you when you're thinking, if you're out there listening or watching this, um, you know, I think that the, the key thing, the key message from this part of the conversation is that you 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 want to be on a platform that isn't only only about beacons, right? You want to be able to, as you said, bring it in because as new things emerge, like you were talking about, uh, you know, LTE and you're talking about Wi-Fi and you're talking about Wi-Fi Direct and LTE Direct, you're talking about these these things that are going to start to add location into the stream. You want to be able to bring that in and not just be, you know, beholden to a beacon that in two years will run out of batteries that you're going to have to go and replace and then, you know, maintenance. So the technology is going to evolve. So don't get married to a single piece of tech, right? Right. Plan, plan out your strategy, yeah. plan out the engagements you want around that, and then let partners such as ourselves, right, be able to bring that tech that's going to make those strategies happen. Yeah. And, at, and frankly, that's that's been our story. That's what we've been doing. Yeah. And that's, I think, why why people are, you know, those key customer lists are, are working with us because it's just not about today. It's about tomorrow, right? How can you be there for me tomorrow? I get today. I understand what it's going to be today, but I want someone who's going to grow with me. 
So, and that's what we're doing. So speaking about tomorrow, I'd love to get your thoughts on where where this industry you think. I mean, we've talked about a couple of the technologies that we think are going to emerge under this under the scene. But I mean, when, when we know the impact of beacons can be great, or the the impact of uh, the offering of beacons can be great, and and uh, in data collection and right time, right right space. Where are we looking? What does it look like uh, for the future of this industry? And what do you think the impact is going to be as a result of, of, you know, the stuff that you're doing right now with some of the biggest brands on the planet, man? Well, you know, it's I'm surprised you haven't brought up IoT yet. Oh, well, right? I mean, but, I, I, it's such a broad topic, right? So it really is. Yeah. It, it is. But but we have a, what we believe is an interesting perspective on it, right? you got a lot of great companies trying to figure out how to connect the washer and dryer, the refrigerator, and connect a whole bunch of things together, yeah. really, right? Yep. Um, but what what we see is missing and where beacons can play a, a kind of a, an important role, especially with some of the things that we've been doing, is discovery. Think about it. Think about IoT. The, the ability to actually connect has to happen. You have to discover before you can connect. And you have to understand that context of that world around you. So where we see a lot of opportunity is basically leveraging beacon technology or secure discovery technology such as Gimbal to be able to put context of the world around you and share that context. because. The value of basically IoT is understand what's relevant around you, but share that out and how that engagement happens. And with what we've talked about for that digital ownership, I can do that in smart cities. I can do that in smart enterprises. I can do that in smart homes. And it really is that next step into discovering that world around you so you can figure out how to engage with it digitally. Um, one of the things, we, we make great beacons. We, we, we make great beacons that have been deployed. We've talked about that. But one of the other things we do actually help move this along is we license our firmware. So, so we talked about that digital ownership component. We have partners where we're licensing our firmware to as well um, that are integrating those into things that will be incorporated into IoT. Because you look at it, it's it, when you look at it, it's it's really about could it be the light bulb? Could it be you know the conference phone? Could it be the access phone? Could it be all those together? Can that define the context of a room or an environment? And can there be different relationships on that? Because if you look at it, I mean Facebook and the social networks are doing a fantastic job of basically creating relationships between people. Um, but if you want to look at the next billion, 10 billion, 100 billion relationships, it's between myself and yourself and the rest of the world and the physical world. Those are where the next relationships are. And when you combine that together and you look at that holistically, that really is an, ex an example of a social graph that transcends just not you and I, but what we do together as you and I in the environment. And so discovery is a big key component of that. So is that like, you know, what would be, I'm just asking at the top of my head and for an answer on the top of your head, what would be a good example of, of something like that? Because the last thing that I need to know is that, you know, uh, when I'm at the office that my, my wash is done, because unless it can pick it up and put it into the dryer, it, it's that's useless information to us, right? So, I mean, so what, what's a good example of something like that, where you've got beacons, IoT combining to do something of tremendous value? Yeah, absolutely. I can think of two, two examples off the, the top of my head. Here at Gimbal, for example, if I had uh, beacons and lights, yeah. right? and I had beacons and other things around here as well, um, I will be able to put reference around this conference room that I'm in, um, the, the engineering pit, right? Uh, the business development area. And as I'm there, I can have different, because I'm an employee again, we'll have different relationships. So maybe I have a relationship with how I actually get onto the projector or leverage different services that are digitally in there. But when you come, right? You're a guest. Yeah. You'll have a subset of that. But you can discover what's around on that subset because you're part of that guest. And so what you have is through this secure discovery is different service level of values based on different groups of people that come in. Additionally, we see, you know, I see some interesting things around, for example, um, let's just say um, home rental, right? You know, think Airbnb, home away, and some of those. 
Um, when I rent a home, I mean, there are things inside the home that I don't even know about. I don't need to connect with them. Yeah. But now that I have rented this home, um, I may need to understand this hi-fi, this Blu-ray system. Right? This Remote system. control. That's, that, yeah. And I would love to figure out, but my wife's going to go, I, yeah, is there a way, is there a manual I can look at? Um, and because I'm in the room, um, I actually now, and I've rented the house, I now have access to the information that's there. I don't need to connect with it. I just need to understand how to basically use it. And it could be around a grill, it could be around the kitchen, it could be around, so the informational components of, of that context. And so I can engage with it. And all engage, not all engagements are digital, they're, they're physical as well. Yeah. That's where discovery helps out. So how long till that utopian version of, you know, of, of connected things and, and uh, connected devices and, and that brokerage that happens between them? I mean, because we're, we're talking about, uh, there's some great examples, you know, um, great, uh, you know, carpets that tell you the direction based on where you want to go. And, you know, we've heard all about this, but I mean, we're, we're not really close to that day where everything is on Skynet this moment. Yes. Right? Yeah, I don't think everything has to be on Skynet either, right? I mean, that, that's complicated, right? From, yes. standpoint, from an enterprise standpoint, to put everything on, on, on the network, right? Um, but there's a lot of value just understanding what's available for you around there. So when we look at the discovery side, discovery is much easier. Yes. Um, because it could be just sensors in the plant for water, right? Just understand it's my house. Um, that I basically can leverage a beacon to understand that sensors there and get the information out of it. Or it could be that I'm inside a home. So. I think when you start to back up a little bit and you take a look um, at discovery and IoT, it's a much easier path to do that. And we've had many conversations. So my answer is going to be sooner than you think because you don't necessarily have to put everything on the network because the mobile is the bridge to basically make sure that connection happens. It has to be there right now. Yeah. Um, for me, this is this is incredible because when you when you talk about the beacon industry, when you talk about uh, you, you know you're taking a completely different approach from it from from just a traditional hardware play, uh, and also you're taking a, the relationship side to of it as opposed to selling merch and selling product, which eventually happens and it can be enabled through this thing. Uh, you know, it could, quite often the thing that people are looking for are the thing that you least think that they're looking for, right? It's not so much that I want to order food for my seat; I just want to know where the shortest line is to get a beer or the shortest line to go get to the washroom is right so when you when you put sensors and when, when you put people with sensors walking around a stadium this is the kind of information that you can gather this is the kind of information that you can relay and as you said you talk about iot then this is the time where you can say hey you know that washroom which is around the corner this is the right time to go whether you like it or not get up and go because this is this is the right time or that beer line the queue is is at its lowest point so uh, you know uh, it, it's a it's a beautiful future my last question for you is though you know this is at some point, this is a born cost, right? By by an organization. So MLB put it in, I think, twenty eight or thirty stadiums, right? Uh, and and uh, you know, you put it in in uh, NBA courts, you put it in NFL stadiums, you do all these things. But but that's a that's a born cost absorbed by the organizations, right? In in right now, not in a hope, but to engage deeper with customers. Is it a hard sell when you say, listen, you know, the return is. You know, this person is going to come instead of to one game. They're going to come to three games. Like, is it a hard sell uh, when when you're trying to push this out at this point? No, I mean for for a couple of reasons as well. Um, is that first the, the cost of the the infrastructure is very very light, right. right? I mean, if when when this was happening with Wi-Fi access points, 
the density of Wi-Fi access points at an enterprise grade to be able to get the locations that you need was quite expensive. Yes. The access points are expensive. The density that you need is quite expensive. Um, so when you start to look at some of the beacon technologies, it's uh, it's great to see that they can actually complement that very well. Obviously, there's great Wi-Fi coverages, and everyone's trying to basically put that inside stadiums. But this is another way to actually bring in. Um, I always talk with my hands here, and I say big circles, little circles, little circles. So this actually complements that very nicely, and the infrastructure is very light. One of the other value propositions that we see is that if it's just for your own app, you teed it up nicely earlier, is that there's only going to be a couple thousand people potentially with your app, or a small percentage of actually who has your app, who's at the game at that time. When you have a value proposition such as us, really a, a network proposition, um, you can engage with people um, and different audiences through different applications that allows you to have the value of those beacons realized much sooner. And so when you're talking about a value equation um, and you can talk about a larger set of audiences, it's much more natural for them to know, I get it, my return can be faster because I can engage with them sooner. Yeah. Uh, just it's uh, such a powerful, powerful statement, especially that is that, you you know, I I, b I believe this is the future, and I, obviously you believe that this is the future. Very passionate about it, yeah. Is there is there any reason why companies shouldn't be exploring this? Um, I I, I you think can't think of any. I, I really can't. I mean, I'm, I'm so passionate about this. I see there's always a need for something. As we just talked about so many different verticals, yeah. even so much of the IoT component as well. When you talk about smart enterprises, right, um, there are things that may not be consumer driven, but they could actually be um, workflow driven, they could be process driven, they could be uh, customer service driven. Um, so there are many different use cases. And when you're not focused on, let me give offers to people as they come in, and you're looking at an ecosystem play where value propositions are created on top of your technology, uh, it's, it's a great strategy for basically enabling a market. So when you ask me, I, I don't see why a company wouldn't. There's so many things that they can leverage this for um, that aren't necessarily consumer driven, but can actually make efficiencies in their business. And it doesn't sound, it's the last statement, I, I, it doesn't sound complicated, right? So you shouldn't be afraid of this. It doesn't have to be a, you know, a massive rollout. You're going to be doing, as you said, you did a lot of pilots last year, but you can bring this into your business and start testing different ways to, to use these tools as opposed to kind of committing and then blowing it all out and then, and then realizing you've chosen the right, the wrong path, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the, the cost to entry um, basically for enterprise is very, very low, especially for testing. Yeah. Um, you can test on many different use cases simultaneously associated across there. Um, so we tried to make it as easy as possible for the enterprises, for the, for the, the retailers, for everyone to get started on developing and leveraging that stack of technologies that I described early on um, for their value proposition. And, you know, with all the deployments that we've had, we have, we, we have a great understanding on how and where and when these should be placed in. So um, a lot of the value proposition is obviously in the product, but it's also in the knowledge that we've had because of all these key customer points we've had as well. Yeah. And then what not to do and what to do. And uh, it's been recognized and it's, it's great to be, you know, part of that, that leadership uh, group out there basically driving the market. I, I love that. I love the approach. Leveraging somebody else's uh, knowledge to avoid mistakes is one of the most critical things you can do, especially in this industry, especially when you're trying to engage with customers. And, and customers are fickle. Do not mess with them. Learn from people who have already messed with them. You know what I mean? And and, and you're not customers. Absolutely. Like so. That's you know. There's so many advantages uh, for what you guys are doing. And and uh, where should we send people for more information about Gimbal? Go to Gimbal.com. Yeah. So G I M B A L. Uh, and all of the information that you need is there, including this uh, incredible roster of uh, brands that they've worked with, stadiums, uh, teams, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, not only teams, but actual, uh, you know, uh, associations like Major League Baseball Association, you've got the, uh, you know, NFL, the NBA, and of course, uh, the US Open, 
Apple stores, uh, the last three Super Bowls. I don't know if I need to go on and on and on, but just, it, you know, I think that your market and Gimbal have been validated to point. That's, that's the point I'm trying to make. So um, <laughs> go to Gimbal.com. Uh, Kevin, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate your time, man. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, great to be on your show and a big fan. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Well, I am likewise of Gimbal. We've been speaking with uh, Kevin Hunter, who is the Chief Operating Officer of Gimbal. Go to Gimbal.com, G-I-M-B-A-L.com. Uh, there's no reason why you shouldn't at this moment start looking into this if you all are not already. If you are, just t take a gander over Gimbal. Um, if you guys have made it through this episode all the way to this end, I really appreciate the fact that you've done this. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for being a part of the Untethered community. It means a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton. We'll be back for the next episode. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you.